You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. I have John Hamilton. He's the CEO of a company called Go Unlimited. Website is uh, www.go-unlimited.co. So, John, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Really good, Richard. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I just saw a brief description that uh, you work in offering what's called mixed reality. So, you know, would you mind telling listeners what's the premise of the company? And then we'll start there. Um, well, we... My background is actually in the film business. I was a film producer and film distributor for a long time. Um, and then I guess about five, six years ago, five years ago, actually, I saw uh, my first uh, VR experience um, and kind of dropped everything in the film business and uh, launched into virtual reality. And as we've, uh, as we've uh, you know, been working on different projects over the past four or five years, um, we've branched out into augmented reality. Sometimes we do uh, installations um, that combine both virtual and augmented. Um, so yeah, essentially the XR or the mixed reality uh, moniker is kind of just saying that we do all sorts of projects between virtual uh, and augmented reality and, and interactive. All right. So what are um, some examples? You know, I picture virtual reality. I put on a headset and I'm in a new world. Augmented is a little bit more alien. Maybe I look around with uh, special glasses or projectors, show me things that I wouldn't normally see. But what is uh, what is mixed? Am I taking on and off a headset, or you know, is the headset turning on and off, and all of a sudden I'm back in reality? Like, what does it look like? Um, well, I think you know, uh, as a as an example project of what we would, I guess, in some ways call mixed reality. Um, we've been developing a, a project where you would be in a sort of a standard virtual reality experience where you are a stationary virtual reality experience um, using standard VR headset. Um, and we haven't actually released this project yet, but it's a project that we've been developing um, where essentially you, you would start uh, in a sort of a virtual reality environment where you're kind of in a fixed uh, in a fixed uh uh, environment where you can't move around and then suddenly you actually do have the ability to get up and walk around as you would in uh in a uh, in a um sorry I'm blanking <laughs> uh you would have actually have the ability to get up and walk around uh in a room scale environment um we've also been working on projects that um essentially you start uh, in one environment where you're potentially in a room um, with interactive, essentially an interactive uh, 360 screen, um, and then you would transfer over and put on a headset and further uh, go into the experience 
um, in virtual reality and then potentially come back out again uh, into uh, taking off the headset and going into a more of a 360, um, 360 screen environment. So that's essentially the idea behind uh, mixed reality. Um, we haven't actually done too much between augmented and virtual reality. Generally, um, because the head it goes from one headset to another, or potentially you could have uh, a see-through headset. There are certain headsets that have been developed that you can actually see through and have augmented reality experiences and then go back to a virtual reality experience. But we haven't actually developed much on that front yet. Well, what industries or applications are you interested in developing for and why? Um, we started in entertainment, virtual reality. Uh, our background, again, is uh, mostly in feature filmmaking. Um, we ran, uh, my partners and I uh, have a long experience uh, either producing films. My partner, Sebastian Gros, is a director of photography and has done a lot of 3D work. I myself was a writer and a director when I first started in the film business and then became a producer and finally was a distributor. Um, so we started in entertainment virtual reality, uh, which we actually um, didn't do a lot of at, at the beginning. Most of what we were doing was really sort of brand promotional type VR experiences. Um, and over the last 18 months, particularly when we saw that, you know, the, the uh, headset headset penetration, virtual reality headset penetration into the consumer market was taking longer than everyone had expected. We sort of shifted our focus a little bit and started working on much more on enterprise. And over the last year, particularly, we've done quite a bit of, uh, of uh, virtual reality um, security training simulations uh, in the oil and gas industry. We've been working in the medical industry as well as the education industry. Um, and that seems to be where the sort of greatest use case is for virtual reality at the moment. Not that there aren't a lot of great VR entertainment experiences. There are. Um, but generally, they have a tendency of being uh, more focused on, you know, VR arcades, uh, museums, that type of thing, which we're still doing as well. Uh, but the real focus of our revenues over the last uh, year, particularly, and I think over the next 18 months, will probably be much more in the enterprise market. Well, I think with your background in entertainment, at least you wouldn't make boring, sad-looking videos from the 1980s, you know, for training. You'd probably make really engaging, useful ones where, you know, companies would uh, would get much faster and better trained people from using VR, right? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, one of the reasons that a lot of companies have come to us, they've actually seen some of our brand and entertainment experiences. Uh, and they want to actually apply that same sort of quality and and reality, um, you know, photorealistic, uh, you know, quality to their training experiences. Ideally, um, in a security or a training environment, what you want to do is make sure that whoever, you know, your training reaches a certain level of proficiency before they actually ever step onto, um, you know, an industrial site or work with a particular piece of equipment. Um, so that once they're actually, you know, proficient enough, getting onto the site is actually much safer, much more efficient, um, just moves a lot faster. So yeah, we've we've uh, we haven't been doing too many. Uh, we certainly haven't had too many requests for uh, old school uh, old school uh, training videos. That's for sure. It's uh, it's kind of a fun new uh, new space, and we're really enjoying it. Yeah, I think you know, anyone that's I don't know, maybe forty and up, maybe even thirty and up, you know, they. They probably had an experience of being at work somewhere and watching a training video. Maybe even they popped a VCR in and they were just horrible. You know, they'd be like these really cheesy 
you know, like I said, 1980s or 1970s type training videos where you sit there and you just roll your eyes. So I figured <laughs> that the stuff you guys would do would, I don't know if you'd gamify it. Like, so, so here's some questions. So what insights do you get from having done entertainment and now having to do training videos, which to some people could be super boring? I mean, what kind of life or, or different flavor do you bring to it because of your entertainment background? Any specifics? Um, I think one of the things that we really try to do as much as possible, and sometimes it's not possible, but we try as much as possible to bring our storytelling skills to any project that we're doing um, to speak to exactly, you know, what you're talking about when you say that a lot of these training videos are really just kind of boring. Uh, one of the the best, you know, things about, about uh, virtual reality is that you really are absolutely immersed, um, you know, in, in any experience that you're going to do. And it's not to say that virtual reality, you know, once you're sort of past the kind of wow factor of being immersed in a 360 environment, that it can't get boring. So that's the that's the trick really is I think because you actually are in a virtual reality environment, obviously the retention um is a lot is a lot higher. Of anything that you're trying to get across to people, they retain a lot more of that information because viscerally they really feel like they're in the environment. Uh, but at the same time, I think you really do have to uh tell a story a little bit or bring some storytelling into any sort of you know, training or security video that you're doing. I think it's the same in any technology, really. Um, some fantastic, you know, technological breakthroughs have been made in filmmaking, but, you know, we all know, we've all sat through that big special effects movie that was really, really bad storytelling, and it just wasn't that interesting. So, so again, despite all the technology and the amazing, the amazing things that that brings to any experience that we do, uh, we really do try to bring some storytelling to even the most uh, basic simulation, just so that people are engaged. And sometimes that can be gamified. Uh, we have, we definitely have experiences where uh, some of our clients do want it to be more game-like, particularly where they have to score their proficiency. Um, and so that actually is kind of fun sometimes to try to apply that to uh, sometimes a very dry subject matter. Yeah, I think that's smart. You know, maybe like the, I was imagining the security application you'd have to run around a maze or something and you, you catch more bad guys and you get a point for each bad guy or something like that. And, you know, that's your score. Or, yeah. I guess, yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, what, uh, I mean, you've probably seen, there's a lot of uh, police training, military training, uh, that actually is a huge, huge, huge use for VR. It's really uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, cities are, are actually installing, um, you know, VR simulations for that kind of training. Well, what are some specifics from the trainings that you've worked on? You know, let's say the oil and gas or the security. Like, what's a, a small example of what someone would do once they put on the headset? You know, what, what's an example of a skill they'd work on? Well, one of the experiences, uh, simulations that we did in the oil and gas industry was for onload, offload um, of container ships uh, for crude oil so that when they actually get to the facility, uh, the actual onload offload process is a is a pretty tricky, you know, potentially dangerous and potentially environmentally hazardous, um, you know, process. And it's really quite apart from the, um, you know, refinery process. So it's really treated as a separate as a separate kind of uh, uh, discipline. So um, we literally created what I what I guess you would really call a, a game simulation of having to do all of the checks. Um, which goes from, you know, 
checking to make sure that a manifold is properly connected to making sure that the inspection date on, on a particular equipment is up to date. If it's not, um, you know, you cannot actually uh, proceed with the onload or the offload. Um, and then having a scoring, uh, a scoring system to sort of measure all that. And really, the, the, it's an amazing amount of information um, that needs to be gone through. And so it really is, in some ways, like a maze. Um, and it's actually a very effective way in virtual reality to train people before they even ever step uh, onto a ship or onto a dock, uh, an offload, onload dock. We've also done uh, training for um, the National Railway System here in Canada. We actually did a combination uh, of live action and interactive um, motion graphics overlaid over live action. In their particular case, they wanted to do training uh, on a particular site that actually exists so that once people actually got onto the site, they actually knew the actual site itself. Um, so that was actually a really interesting challenge as well. Uh, and we would go back and forth between doing something like that where we shoot 360 video and that then add interactivity over it. Or as we did for uh, our for client in the oil and gas industry, it was a completely, um, a completely 3D simulation, uh, photorealistic 3D simulation. Um, and it goes back and forth between those two. Uh, and then we also do augmented reality um, training as well, where you actually go on site um, and you would uh, literally with the augmented reality glasses, you would look at a piece of equipment that could actually have either barcodes on it or um, you, you sort of go on site beforehand um, and take, um, you know, an actual map of the piece of equipment. And then you could sort of add pop-up, you know, training menus and all sorts of stuff on it that, uh, you know, procedural menus, that type of thing to do training in that, uh, in that way as well, which is also an extremely useful tool. Okay, very cool. So what's ahead for you, you know, with Go Unlimited in the next six months or a year? What are you working on now? Um, well, we're doing a number of different things. We're We've been, uh, we just released Trinity, which is uh, an entertainment uh, VR experience. It's sort of a, uh, it's really a pilot, um, you know, prototype for a series that we're working on. It's actually available on the Steam store now. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty, um, if I guess I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to sound, uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but uh, in terms of technology, it's really one of the most advanced. Uh, technology, one of the most advanced VR experiences you'll ever see. Uh, for now, um, other people I know are working on similar type projects, but we actually shot Trinity partly live action and then part uh, videogrammetry uh, volumetric. And uh, video videogrammetry and, and volumetric capture is sort of the future, I think, of all film capture. Uh, all film and video capture. And we wanted actually to uh, experiment with Trinity starting to use volumetric capture. So we actually built um, a camera rig where not only were we shooting the 360 video at the same time, but we were also using an array of volumetric cameras to capture the exact same information as our video 360 camera was capturing. So that we're able to go back and forth between the actual live 360 video and the uh, photogrammetry, um, volumetric information. And when you watch Trinity, you'll, you'll definitely know which parts are volumetric and which parts are live, live action. Um, although one of the biggest compliments that we've had on Trinity is that a lot of people 
have a hard time telling the difference between our live action characters and our 3D characters, uh, which we're yeah. which we're very happy about. Um, so yeah, we're actually continuing to develop the Trinity series, which we're hoping to start shooting uh, this summer. And we're developing some other, um, you know, sci-fi and, uh, you know, interactive uh, VR sort of fiction storytelling projects that we're pretty excited about. Um, we're hoping, obviously, that the entertainment market for VR is going to take off. We're not really a game company, although um, when we do interactive VR experiences, really, you do kind of need to put more gamification in them. So we have more gamification planned in future episodes for Trinity and some of our other experiences as well. Although they won't really be qualified as games, they'll really be much more interactive stories. Um, and then on the on the sort of enterprise virtual reality side, we're continuing to work um, on a number of uh, you know uh, enterprise simulation, industrial simulation, security simulation. We're doing uh, work in the medical field um, on autism, uh, which actually is sort of half medical, half education. Um, and we're also doing um, some work on the, uh, in the medical field for training as well, um, particularly in medical robotics, which we're really excited about. Um, okay. And then on the augmented reality side, we're, last year we had a bit of a about three month down period between projects. So we, uh, the team jumped into developing an augmented reality platform for um, geolocated user content, which we really feel is one of the biggest use cases for mobile augmented reality uh, in the future, uh, people actually being able to, you know, geolocate or, or leave their own content or find content pretty much anywhere in the world. There's tons of use cases for that, both on the consumer level and particularly um, on, on the corporate brand marketing level. So we've developed an application that we're going to be launching this spring, probably at South by Southwest. So we're really excited about that. That's uh, that's coming up. And we've also been, although we haven't had much time to do it, but a big part of um, what we feel uh, is the future is, um, you know, AI uh, storytelling. Um, you know, a lot of AI that people are working on these days, you know, is really much more sort of, um, you know, I guess business type AI where it's, basically analyzing, help help people analyze massive amounts of data. And of course, when we think of AI, you know, in the entertainment business, we always think of robots and uh, androids and that type of thing. And Trinity is actually about an android uprising 2,000 years after the androids won. So we're obviously very interested in, you know, what will androids be like in the future? Will, you know, will AI take over? Um, but in, in, in a really, in a true sense, uh, in terms of AI storytelling, we're we're really hoping to develop, you know, uh, artificial intelligent characters who would really respond um, naturally um, to you in a story, so that you know a story could go pretty much any way within within a certain framework. Uh, a story that was based on AI could really go in any direction possible. So you could look to the future and have video games that would never be the same for any two people who bought them. You could have stories and films that would never be the same for any two people who watched them. And we sort of feel that that's, that's kind of a huge, um, that's sort of where we want to go with, with storytelling in the future, uh, entertainment storytelling, particularly we're pretty excited about that. But of course, you know, the first step is really, yeah. we've been working a little bit on developing AI characters in our own interactive experiences. 
So, um, so yeah, that's something that we're really excited about. I remember when I was, you know, a teenager, they had these books called Choose Your Own Adventure. Mm-hmm. You read the book and, and you come to a place and it's like, if you go left, turn to page 24. If you're going to, you know, hit the guy with the bat, turn to page 35. You could read the book, you know, 20 times and get the different endings. So I, I can see that virtual reality might be really cool if you have something like that. You could replay a story and go into all the nooks and crannies and what could happen with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Those books are, are really, really cool. I actually never had those books when I was a kid, um, but so many people have talked about them now that I, I definitely got to buy one. I, I have a young son and maybe I'll buy one for him. But, uh, but well, that's, you should, that's because it'll probably inform what you're doing and you can make, you can recreate that. Like they've recreated that with video games I've seen like on the PS4, but you could recreate that in virtual reality to some extent. And I think that would be like, you know, if you, if you've heard comments that so many people remember them so many years later, it must've really touched the people like me and, and been a really cool experience for them. So recreating it in VR would be amazing. That that's, and that's it. And I think that's actually very quickly in terms of interactive storytelling in VR that's actually becoming really necessary um, because I think as all of us who've been working in VR over the last five years, this sort of latest latest uh, you know version or latest uh, coming of VR, um, and particularly who those of us who've been working on interactive storytelling, the limitations of it are uh, are are you know starting to show themselves pretty quickly, and we really feel that that type of storytelling you know, where, where it's really being controlled by AI, um, because different paths, uh, or, or, um, I'm not sure exactly what the term is. Um, but you know, when you have sort of a number of different paths, those paths usually like in the books, they're sort of predetermined and pre-written. And that's obviously going to be the next step for us. But where we really want to go is storytelling that, you know, could have multiple different paths and that that's kind of determined by the AI. And obviously, you'd need to input, you know, much more, much more potential, you know, information. Um, but as we're seeing AI, you know, are creating uh, paintings, they're creating pictures of people now, they're, you know, AI just with with a bunch of information is just actually creating stuff all on its own. Um, so that's sort of where I think it needs to go. But I think we're, you know, quite a few years off from that. But that's certainly something that's yeah. in the back of our minds with what we're developing. Well, very cool. Well, so... Yeah, I mean, we're just about out of time, but where can people find resources that are listening? Because listening's good, but, you know, with VR and mixed reality, you got to see it and experience it. So what are some ways that people can maybe use, download some of your applications or see a video on Trinity or just learn more about what you do? Sure. Um, well, you can, the, the, for anyone who has a, a, either a, an, a, an Oculus Rift or uh, an HTC Vive headset, you can download Trinity. Um, on um, on the uh, the HTC Vive uh, store or Steam, actually it's called. Uh, that actually would be a great way to see, you know, what we're talking about in terms of, um, you know, what we feel is sort of the future of interactive VR. Um, but of course, there I'm, I'm sorry, catching me a little off guard. Um, but I can actually, uh, if you'd like, I can actually uh, send you some more references. But ideally. Um, Ideally, uh, people, you know, one of the easiest and quickest ways to see what's happening in VR these days is to get your hands on an Oculus Go, which costs, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And uh, there are so many free experiences on the store. Um, 
you know, there's just a huge amount of material now just to give you sort of a, a, a snapshot of what's actually happening um, in virtual reality. Uh, we're also now starting to get into augmented reality uh, storytelling. Um, some really great companies developing uh, augmented reality um, apps for mobile, for storytelling. And you could probably Google, um, you know, augmented reality storytelling and a number uh, of links will come up, which will give you sort of a, a really quick look at what the future holds in terms of, uh, of AR storytelling as well. Um, so yeah, there, there are a lot of different places where you can go and have a look and see what, what's going on. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, uh, definitely encourage listeners to check this stuff out because, um, until you've had your first VR experience, you just can't imagine what it's like and seeing and experiencing it is, uh, it's really cool. It's just amazing. I've done it a bunch of times and, uh, it's, it's really cool to see what this technology is doing and where it's going. So. Thank yeah, you for coming absolutely. on. Appreciate it. Oh, it was a pleasure, Richard, and thanks for having me. It was really, it was great talking to you. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you.